The Word of God is living. It is powerful, infallible, indestructible, incorruptible, and it will work mightily in me. And now, your host, Pastor Jerry Maya Williams, from the service already in progress. Amen, amen, amen. I must tell Jesus. Good morning to every one of you. And you know, just this past week, I found myself in a situation, personally, where I felt like I must tell Jesus. It's been a week of mixed emotions. Many rejoiced when they saw the policeman in Minneapolis, Derek Chauvin, convicted on all accounts for killing a black man in broad daylight. And then the day after that, a couple days after that, then we witness a police shooting and killing a 16-year-old child, and that's what she was, a child, in Columbus, Ohio. Then the day after that, here in our state, in North Carolina, Elizabeth City, we had a black man, an unarmed black man, shot and killed by sheriff's deputies. And you know, if you're not careful, beloved, you must guard your heart. If you're not careful, you will develop a root of bitterness. You will become angry. And so I had to talk to the Lord about all these things. We're living in a, a day and a time where we're still fighting for social justice, racial equality. We're living in a day and a time where we still are grappling with the issues of police misconduct. And every other ill in society you can think of, voter suppression. Beloved, that's a lot to deal with. Those things weigh, weigh heavily, heavily on your mind. But I'm telling you, we must guard our hearts. And whatever we do, we cannot afford to allow anyone or anything steal our joy. Did you hear what I said? Don't let anyone or anything steal your joy. And I did something that I can't remember ever doing in the last 40 some years in ministry. I changed the subject or the titles of my message all the time. It depends on whatever I feel like God is saying to me. But I've never gone back and changed the subject of a series I was doing. Two weeks ago, I started talking to you about rejoicing the Lord. And so as I began to deal with all these things and God began to show me that whatever you do, you can't lose your joy. You must have joy for the journey. And only God knows everything that we're going to encounter on this journey. And so I decided to, re to rename this series Joy for the Journey. 
And today I'm calling this message, Finish Your Course with Joy. Finish Your Course with Joy. In the Acts of the Apostles, Acts chapter 20, I'm going to begin reading at verse 22. And here we see the Apostle Paul saying his farewell to the elders of the church at Ephesus. Paul's ready to leave. But before he departed, he said some really powerful things to these elders. And in verse 22, he said, And see now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, so that I may finish my course with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Verse 24 again, but I let none of these things, but none of these things move me. I believe the word of the Lord is saying to us, be not moved by none of these things that's happening in the nation. None of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy, so that I may finish my course with joy. Two weeks ago, when I began this series of messages about rejoicing in the Lord, that I am now calling Joy for the Journey. I talked to you about how Apostle Paul was in a Roman jail and he wrote a letter to the church at Philippi. In chapter 3, verse 1 of that letter, he said, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Then later on in that letter, in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. In other words, rejoice in the Lord all the way, from the beginning to the end. Rejoice in the Lord at all times. And again, I say rejoice. Now, Paul is still in jail. Then he writes a letter to his son of the gospel, Timothy. And his words recorded in Timothy chapter 4, Verse 6 and 7, now Paul's in jail and he's about to get his head chopped off. He was about to be decapitated, executed. And he wrote to Timothy and says, for I'm ready to be offered for the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course I have kept the faith. Fought a good fight. Finished my course. And Paul finished his course with joy. 
And he says, I've kept the faith. Now here the apostle Paul was in jail. But jail wasn't in Paul. And his attitude teaches us at least two powerful lessons. Number one, our inner attitudes don't have to reflect our outward circumstances. Did you hear that? Your inward attitude don't have to reflect your outer circumstances. Then the other lesson is, I believe Paul was saying to Timothy, what we put into life is far more important than what we get out of life. A lot of people are wishing to get out of life or hoping to get out of life. Riches, fame, wealth. But that's not the issue, beloved. The issue is not what life can do to you or for you, but what are you going to do for life? What are you going to put into your life? Too many of us are trying to get something out of life and we forget to put something into life. But the Lord gave us joy. He gave us joy to face life circumstances. And life circumstances can change, but the good news is the Lord never changes. That's good news to me. So never stop rejoicing in the Lord, no matter what's happening around you. No matter what's happening to you, never stop rejoicing in the Lord. Because you are apart from where you are. You may say, I'm in a, a low place right now, a tough place, a hard place. But that's not really you. You are apart from where you are. You are apart from what you do. Some have done more than others. Some haven't been able to do anything. But that's not the real you. You are apart from that in Christ. So you are apart from where you are, apart from what you do, and thank God you are apart from what you have. Whether you have little or much does not determine your value in the eyes of the Lord. So rejoice in the Lord and rejoice all the way from the beginning to the end. Rejoice all the time. So I found myself Rejoice in the Lord so I wouldn't lose my joy because sometimes the only news you get is bad news. But thank God that we have the joy of the Lord. So whatever God's plan, his purpose or his will is for your life, whatever you do, beloved, finish your course with joy. Finish your course with joy. Psalm 16, verse 11, the psalmist David spoke prophetically and he said, you will show me the path to life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. David clearly showed us 
that joy is the path from life unto death. Joy is the path. And this is how we're going to get through to the other side. By maintaining the joy of the Lord. How can joy be the path from life to death? Well, David said it was. He says, you will show me the path. You will show me the very key to life. For in your presence, there's fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. How could that be? How could joy be the path from life unto death? Very simple, beloved. It's through forgiveness. Forgiveness and reconciliation to the Father. It sets us on a path of joy. Let me say it again. When God forgave you, when God reconciled you, he brought you unto himself. Then he set you on a path of joy. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus shared a couple parables. And one of the parables he, he spoke of was a woman. A woman who had 10 silver coins. And he said to his disciples, what woman who has 10 silver coins and she loses one does not light a lamp and sweep the house and search diligently for that lost coin until she finds it. And when she finds it, she calls her friends and her neighbors and she says, come rejoice with me. For the silver coin which I lost, I have found. Then Jesus went on to say, likewise, likewise, there's joy in the presence. There's joy among the angels in the presence of God. In other words, the angels of God in his presence have joy over that one sinner, over that one sinner who repents. Joy in the presence of the angels of God over just one sinner. One sinner who's forgiven. One sinner who's reconciled. Because that one sinner is now set on a path to joy. And God wants you to have that joy for the journey. So why do we rejoice in the Lord? Why does God want us to rejoice all the way? Why do we rejoice in the Lord? We rejoice in the Lord to celebrate the fact that we're in God's presence. Can you imagine being in God's presence and being sad? Can you imagine being in God's presence feeling down and depressed? In the presence of God, you're going to have joy. And if you believe you're in the presence of God right here, right now, then you need to get your joy on. So we Rejoice because we celebrate that we're in the presence of God. Then we celebrate to maintain the conscious of the presence of God. Too many of us are living our lives, walking around like the living dead because we've lost our joy. Why do you say that? When you lose your joy, you are spiritually unconscious. 
I remember as a college student, I worked as a nursing assistant in a general hospital. And so I had many occasions to observe unconscious people, unconscious patients. When a person or patient was unconscious, they wasn't aware of me. They wasn't aware of themselves. Neither were they aware of any of their surroundings. Anything happened around them. And when we live our lives like that, when we live our lives like we're not in the presence of God, when we live our lives without a consciousness of the presence of God, let me tell you, we are that one lost silver coin that's been found. And because of that, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God because we have been forgiven, because we have been reconciled to the Father. We're no longer living our lives like we're unconscious. So no matter what happens, no matter what comes, no matter what may, we will maintain our joy for the journey. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy, the joy that the Lord gives. So we rejoice because we're in the presence of God. I don't believe anybody, when you get to heaven, you're going to be sad. And if you believe in heaven here on earth, and if you believe his kingdom come, his will be done, if you believe you're living in the presence of God right now, then you ought to have joy right now. Don't wait to die and go to heaven to find joy. You can have joy right now. And then it's your responsibility to maintain a consciousness of the presence of God. Too many of us, we got a joy on in church, in a worship service. And then when we leave the church house, our joy leaves us. No, God wants you to be conscious of his presence all the time. Do you ever leave the conscious of God's presence? Do you ever leave a consciousness of God's presence? Do you ever leave God's presence? Well, let's consider Jonah. Let's consider the prophet Jonah. The Lord spoke to Jonah, Jonah chapter 1. The Lord spoke to Jonah and said, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach against it, for their wickedness have come up before me. And Jonah arose. He did, uh, he did rise. He arose, but he decided to go on vacation. He decided that he would go to Tarshish to flee the presence of the Lord. So he went down to Joppa, and he found a ship that would be sailing to Tarshish. He paid the fare, and he went down into the ship, the Bible says, to flee the presence of the Lord. Now, Tarshish was a city in southern Spain. It was a resort area, a vacation spot. How's it that the Lord speaks to this prophet and says, arise, go north, Nineveh was in the direction of north, but he decided to go south to the south of Spain. How's it that Jonah could think that by going on vacation, he could flee the presence of the Lord? But Jonah found out that he could not flee the presence of the Lord. Even out in the ocean, the Lord met him. 
the Lord met him out on the ocean. He was cast into the sea. And the Lord prepared a great fish that came along and swallowed up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of that fish for three days and three nights. But it was only until Jonah began to offer thanksgiving unto God. It was only until Jonah found his joy for the journey. And when Jonah found his joy, that great fish spit him out onto dry land. And then Jonah began to go to Tarsha, to go into the city, to go into Nineveh rather. He then went to Nineveh, preaching the word of God, yet 40 days for the Lord shall destroy Nineveh. He's got his anointing now. He's got his preach on. Because he discovered, I can't flee the presence of the Lord. No matter what the distraction is. I just can't get away from God. Had don't Jonah knew about David or remembered the words of David, Jonah would have knew. You just can't get away from God. David said in Psalms 139, verse 7 and 8, he says, where shall I go? From your spirit. Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. So David taught us, you just can't ever escape the presence of the Lord. You may escape the presence of the Lord in your own mind, but when you try to escape the presence of the Lord in your own mind, you have become the living dead, the living walking around dead. What a grotesque thing. Living like a dead man, not knowing that God is not a God of the dead. He's a God of the living. And he wants us to have joy for the journey. You know what's so wonderful about this thing, particularly when you've been saved. What I mean by that, when you've been forgiven, you've been reconciled to God, the Lord has promised us everlasting joy. Everlasting joy. How long is everlasting joy? Well, it's joy that lasts forever. Joy that lasts forever is everlasting joy. It was the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 35 verse 10 who said, and the redeemed of the Lord, the ransom of the Lord, they shall come unto, they shall return unto Zion with singing. Why do you sing? Because I have the joy of the Lord. But the ransom of the Lord shall return to Zion and they shall return with singing and everlasting joy. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing will flee away. That's the promise. Isaiah said, because you've been redeemed, you will return to Zion. Glory to God. And you return with a song in your heart. You return with singing because there's everlasting joy upon your head. You're going to obtain gladness and joy. And he says, if there's any sorrow, if there's any reason to sigh, he says, if any reason to mourn, all those things will flee away from you. I'm telling you this, beloved. 
You want to feel better? Rejoice in the Lord. You think you have a problem? You don't have no problem. You just need the joy of the Lord. And when you begin to rejoice in the Lord, all of a sudden, the things that made you sorrowful, the things that made you mourn, they begin to flee away. Glory to God. Glory to God. So because of forgiveness and reconciliation, for our past sins, our present sins, and for our future sins, if you should stumble or fall for any reason. God still loves you. God still loves you. And he's placed you permanently at his right hand. You are permanently at the right hand of God. That's a hard for a lot of people to get their arms around. But you got to grasp this revelation. Where you've been placed, nobody could displace you but yourself. You have been placed permanently at the right hand of God. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Forever, forever means forever. So we've been reconciled. We've been forgiven. And our God... It's a loving God. He's a just God. He forgave us for the past, the present. He says, I'll forgive you for the future because I have permanently placed you at my right hand. Glory to God. This is why Jesus said to his disciples in John's gospel, chapter 15, verse 11, he says, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be Four, Jesus is teaching his, his, his disciples, hold on to my teachings. Hold on to my word. I've spoken these things to you that my joy may be in you. And when the joy of the Lord is in you, he says that your joy might be full. Full. So it's more than just having the joy of the Lord. He wants you to be full of his joy. Understand what it means to be full. Most of you drive automobiles. You know, just last night, I was, I was coming home f- uh, from the park after my little workout, and my car on the infotainment screen flashed me a message. You are 25 miles to empty. Would you like to choose a location for a gas station. Of course, I said no, because I know where I'm going. <laughs> and I noticed something about that. And maybe you notice about your car. When you're on empty, it's like you're driving around on fumes. It seems like that car just don't drive as good as it does when it's on full. Seems like when you're on empty, seems like that car don't have no get up and go, doesn't have any pep. Don't have any pep in his step. But have you noticed when you fill your car, you fill it with gas, fill it with fuel. Seems like that car runs so much better. Huh? This is what Jesus is teaching his disciples about four. He's- Join us Sunday at Agape Word Fellowship where Dr. Jerry Maya Williams is your pastor. 
proclaiming a life-changing message of the agape love and power that God is. For more information, log on now at www.agapeword.net. 1430 South New Hope Road, Agape Word Fellowship.